because I'm trying to exercise like consistently this entire month. Let's do it. Okay. Thank you. We can exercise not together together, but sort of together. I would love that. I'd love to go for a run and I can be like, I'm going to go for a run. You go do something. I could also go for a run. I'm trying to learn how to run. You don't know how to run? No, I don't know how to run. Like one foot in front of the other? No, like I know how to run. Like I can, oh. I can run, but like I can't run. Like I've never successfully been able to run as a fitness thing. Oh, well, that's just a fitness thing. That's not like lear- having to learn how to run. Well, okay. I need to learn how to run as if it's a fitness thing. It's, it's the exact same as regular, the other running. Okay, but you just do it for longer and you walk less. Okay, but here's the thing. I can run like 30 feet and then I walk the entire time. But I learned that there's the like, you walk, run, walk, run, walk, run thing. There's like techniques to like build up. Fart lick. That's sure. the walk, run thing. Okay. It's called a fart lick. It's like German or something. It's not spelled the way you think it is. Because you said fart lick and I'm literally picturing someone licking a fart. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> Did you learn about it in like track in high school and then everyone died? No, I learned, well, I learned about it like probably in elementary school because oh, my yeah. family was all like runners and I was like, yeah. we're going to do fart licks. And I was like, <clears throat> <laughs> okay, let's talk about books. Hello and welcome to the HEA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author. With me is my best friend and co-host, Kelsey. Howdy, everyone. And today, you know, I have to be honest, I was a little hesitant for our theme, which is rom-coms, but I enjoyed my book so much. I have a lot to say, which I thought it would just be me being like, it wasn't murder. And like, that was it. I'm delighted because it's a book written by one of my friends. Weekly Hots. Kelsey, you go first. Great question, Summer. (laughs) I was, I remembered what mine was yesterday. And then I was going to text you, but then I was like, no, I remember. Okay, there it is. It just took me a minute. Okay. So this week I went to the river enjoyed myself, relaxed. And as I was driving home, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to be passing the sex toy shop. I should stop on in. So I stopped on in because I've been wanting to get a new something. I wasn't sure what, I just knew that I needed the new something. So Mm -hmm. I went in and I picked out my new something. It's like a, I like wish I still had the box. It's something stupid. Like the Malibu minx or something is like the name of it. Like by California dreaming. Like, who knows? But it's like, a, I don't know, it's hot pink and it does lots of good things. So <laughs> I'm enjoying myself, having a great time, loving my new toy. I clean it because hygiene, everyone. And I put it out on my sink to dry because I live alone. Like, why would I not just leave out my hot pink sex toy? Why not? I feel like it's kind of a power move too. Like someone comes over, who cares? That's my sex toy. Wait, power was move. it your kitchen? Where is that? It was my kitchen. Okay, you texted me about this, and I assumed that it was like your bedroom or something. No, I left it out in my that, kitchen. That is panic-inducing. 
I'm like sweating. <laughs> oh no, we're talking about two different incidents. Oh, okay. So yes, when I texted you, it was in my bathroom. Okay. But that was like two days later. Okay. Getting a lot of use out of it. I see. I am. I am. It's It's been a great time. Okay. So backtracking two days, I have left it out in my kitchen. Mr. EMT comes over. I forget that I have left my sex toy out in the kitchen simply because it's not on my mind. Okay. So he and I, we do whatever. We're both in the kitchen and I just avoid the sex toy. I'm like, we're not talking about it. Like, this is what I'm thinking to myself mentally. I'm like, I'm not going to bring up the fact that we're literally like washing our hands next to my sex toy. Like, no, we're just going to, we're going to avoid. So he looks at it, but then like immediately looks away. Like I, maybe he's trying to give me my privacy. I don't know. That's what I assumed at the moment in time. So I was like, great. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> the night progresses. We end up doing whatever we start to do. Steamy things start happening. He leaves. And I'm thinking it's to like, go get a towel, go get whatever he wants. He walks into the kitchen and brings back my sex toy. You guys. I was both mortified and so excited at the same time. (laughs) It was a lot of emotions happening. But when I tell you that the combination of the magic that he put forth in our sexual adventure plus the sex toy. Oh my gosh, I haven't come that hard in years. Not on Amazon? No. <laughs> but I think I took a picture of the box if you want me to send it your way. Please do. Please yeah. Oh, I'm getting flushed just thinking about it. Well, congrats. Thanks. So... My weekly hot. Gabby has been working on my birthday present, which I don't know what it is, but for the past, like, I want to say week and a half, every night for several hours, she's like in our spare room working on it. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. But I asked her about something else. So now I'm extra intrigued because we've been scheming about you, obviously. There's been a lot of scheming, but not about what she's doing for you. That's probably why she's been so AWOL with me. Oh, I'm probably. so intrigued. Oh my gosh, two more days. Oh, no, tomorrow. Oh shit, sorry, Wednesday. Tomorrow. Oh. So yes, yeah, so that's been like really sweet and touching that she's like spending so much time on something. And I've been working on like allowing it instead of being like every hour she spends in there is an hour that I'm gonna have to make up for her birthday or like for a present for her and she keeps reminding me she's like I'm doing this like because I want to like you know me once I start a project I go all in and I'm just trying to let the love happen I'm so proud of you that is like such huge character development also (laughs) have you opened up my birthday present yet no I've saved it Exactly. Character development. (laughs) You guys, Summer opens up presents as soon as she sees them. So like, I'm really proud of you. Character development. And I haven't even tried to figure out what it is. Not that I do. Everybody always thinks I try to ruin surprises. I don't try. I'm just good at guessing. I have never successfully guessed a present. Like there's those people who like pick up the boxes and like shake them around. Like, okay, well, it's more than a pound. Like, that's all I can think of. Maybe it's two books instead of one book. Like, I don't fucking know. 
you best be FaceTiming me tomorrow with all of this news. I'm excited. Okay, so that's my weekly hot. Also, she's been looking at me like a sex goddess when we have sex, which is, you know. Accurate. I'm just like, me? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm so happy for you. Okay, books, rom-coms. What do you have to say about rom-coms? Because this is like your, you know, morally gray, dark, my thing. Rom-com is like your thing. This is, you guys, this is what I pick up whenever I've had a stressful day and I want to disappear into someone else's world. The thing that I love about rom-coms, they're always so easy to read. They're never complicated in terms of like writing style. You never have to like aggressively use your brain. They keep you loosely on the edge of your seat in terms of like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next, but not like I'm dying to know. Like I can put the book down and go eat myself some dinner and like casually watch something else. Like I'm never stressed out reading a rom-com. And I think that they have such a beautiful place. And oftentimes they'll actually make me laugh out loud, which I love. Not too often because I don't know why, but generally speaking, I'll be laughing internally. Sometimes I'll laugh externally and that's even better. That's just like a nod to the author. But that's what I think of when I think of rom-coms. And it's usually like very simple tropes. Like they do not get very complicated. It's like, okay, grumpy sunshine. It's friends to, let's say friends to enemies. (laughs) enemies to lovers it's it's whatever it is it's usually very cut and dry and the HEA is always there I have not (laughs) once read a rom-com where there's no HEA do you have anything to add I have to add Mm -hmm. that like for me that's the exact opposite like there's been so many rom-coms I've started and never finished never even got far because I'm like they're just doing normal people things like Where's the kidnapping? Where's the murder? He's not going to cut that man's hands off. Like, why am I writing it? Yeah. But my friend, Tate, who we had her on the podcast, actually talking about Lords of Pain and Akatar, she is coming out with a novella that's like a sweet, spicy rom-com. And I was beta reading it for her. And it was perfection like the most recent rom-coms that I've read I've started like multiple Tessa Bailey's but never finished them and then the other one was a book that I read for this podcast and it I like couldn't stand it I couldn't stand it it was like the jokes were so forced and like bad and the authors like talked about how funny it was and how like you're just gonna pee in your pants and like it's so spicy and like you're gonna need AC and and it was like so bad like the jokes were just so forced and like if they made jokes during like sexy time they were like awkward and out of place so that's really unfortunate yeah so, but I'm not surprised that Tate's was actually funny because she is hilarious, very, very mm-hmm. clever. Maybe I'll just dive into the summary of the book. Yeah, go for it. So this is Fire and Fluff, and Tate is going to be publishing under the name Tatum Mallory. 
And it's a, it starts with this girl who's really, really flustered because she took her cat to the park because she found, she like found a baby Bjorn online for a cat. And she was like, of course I'm going to do this. And then she locks her keys in the car along with the cat and she's panicking and she's obviously like really stressed and she calls the fire department and she's like, you have to hurry. My baby's locked in the car because it just like comes out. Yeah. And then of course the firemen arrive and they're like, it's a cat. (laughs) Which still, we don't want anything dying in the car, but it was really funny. And the, and that's how she has like the meet cute with this like older, hot fireman named Nate. Her name is Megan. Then a few days later, she's at a bar and she sees him again and she like gets kind of flirty and talks to him. And when her friend comes up and is like, oh, like, do you know him? She's like, oh no, like I babysit for him. And he they're 21 and 42 so it's a big age gap and he's like this girl is like so cute so like charismatic but also like like she's so young but he so he gets her phone number under the guise of babysitting Mm -hmm. and he had a son with a one-night stand so they were never together and they like co-parent really well. And he, she's the mother is like a best friend and it's like a super healthy co-parenting situation. Oh, but since he, had his, yeah, since he had his kid, he never started dating again. There was always more important whether it was the job or the kid or he never got back into it. So he is really nervous, but he hires her as a babysitter for just one night. And obviously there's like all this tension and it's really funny because he's so flustered. And what I really liked is she had hints of like grumpy sunshine, but he wasn't overly grumpy, like inside. And it wasn't even that he was grumpy. He just like was a dude. Um, Mm -hmm. But inside he was just so in his feelings. And so like the same sort of thoughts you would have when you were like in middle school and talking to your crush, you know? Oh, like it was very innocent and eventually she ends up they can't stop thinking about each other she ends up masturbating and sending him a picture ma'am that's an acceleration uh-huh and she says fill me up daddy <laughs> and she's she was high it was like her first time ever smoking so she goes on this like mini adventure with herself and is panicked that she sent that and she wakes up the next morning to him just saying like I need you to babysit tomorrow night like be here at nine or something like that obviously he doesn't want her to babysit and they like start this daddy dynamic and it is so good you know me I'm like don't know if I'm into the daddy thing except for somehow my character just said it last night but anywho it was so, but it was more like dom sub and like a very like caring soft dom vibe so good and my favorite things was that the comedy was actually very funny and appropriately timed 
and the spice was like poetry. So it was a perfect combination for me. I would, and and they had good communication. Like there wasn't a third act breakup. They, you know, they had mild reservations about the age difference, but it wasn't the whole plot. There wasn't a manufactured problem and conflict around their age difference. They had hesitations and like, you know, obviously things to consider, but they went with their feelings and how they felt and were attracted to each other instead of society rules. So yeah, there wasn't a ton of conflict. And usually, you know, I want something going on, but it was really just like smooth sailing, funny, fantastic spice. And she wrote like a continued epilogue that was just like them living their lives I would totally read it no way yeah I'm calling it now I think Tate is going to be like a spicy rom-com superstar because it was really a perfect pairing that's so delightful I'm gonna have to read that as well it is not up for pre-order yet but it's called fire and fluff and it's gonna be I'm gonna leak leak I'm going to link Tate's Instagram and her TikTok below so that you can follow her so you get any updates when it becomes ready. So I'm sorry to tease y'all with a book that hasn't been released yet, but I knew that if I was, we were going to do a rom-com episode, I needed something that I actually had a chance of finishing. And I ate this up. That's even better. Yeah. And you just like wanting to finish it. Like, no, you ate it up. I ate it up. So, Okay. I have a question a very important question do you think that you would be more likely to read a rom-com in the future with a more positive mindset or would it need to be like coming from Tate no I think I would I think humor is so subjective you know what I mean so I think I'm not opposed to reading rom-coms and I'm trying to avoid too dark stuff right now while I'm writing my crime series because I don't want too much you know contamination in terms of inspiration so it was a perfect break for me but I think if it doesn't hook me like if the initial like tone and voice of the story doesn't hook me I probably won't continue reading to see if it picks up if that makes sense that absolutely does and I think with the amount of beautiful books that there are in the world it's too much to be reading books that we don't enjoy. Totally. That I do agree with. I'm excited. I'm excited that you at least have one rom-com that you've loved in your corner. Yeah. And it's funny because I love rom-coms as shows and movies so much. You also love like NCIS and CSI and Murder, She Wrote and all those other ones. Probably not Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She Wrote is the only one that you just listed that I've actually seen because my grandma used to always play it. (laughs) But I think you mean Criminal Minds, SVU, The Blacklist. SVU is the acronym that I was looking for that was like there, like the front of my brain, but I just couldn't find it. It's been ages since SVU for me. I think it's still running. It's like the longest continuous drama ever. Maybe for America. Yeah. He has one that's been going longer. Either way. (laughs) Either way. 
me and my British television knowledge over here. Um, so that's okay. my book. Tell me about your book. So I read two books. They're from the Sworn to Loathe You by Rachel John. The first one is called I Hated You First, a sweet romantic comedy. And then the next one is Carpool Crush. So they're all interconnected characters, which I like. Because you know when they're like in the first book, they like hint at like, oh, this is a side character, but maybe they have their own story. Love that. So that's essentially what it was. So in the first one, I Hated You First, it was all about Okay, so there is Clay and Lauren. So Clay has basically been unofficially adopted into this family where Lauren is the younger sister. And Clay has held this like long burning torch for Lauren. A little taboo. A little bit. Even though they literally grew up together and like Clay's best friend is like Lauren's brother. So like he has never been able to tell anyone about his crush on Lauren. And it's gotten to the point where no, where Clay has inadvertently broken up Lauren's boyfriends like time and time again, just by saying little comments like, ah, he smells like bacon or like, (laughs) or, you know, like when he sweats or like, oh, like, did you notice this? Just as like a brotherly, quote unquote, brotherly thing or like a friendly thing. But then it would like get stuck in Lauren's head because Lauren much to her demise has also always liked clay but has never allowed himself herself to like him so she's always just like kind of gone through boyfriends very quickly and she's always picked very safe boyfriends Mm -hmm. and her father notices this so there's a big family business as well besides the fact that they're so interconnected so they have this big family business where everyone works together so clay lauren the brother another brother the dad they all work under the same building and there's like manipulation the dad like wants to control Lauren's life in terms of dating being like I don't like the guy who she's currently with like let's set her up with someone else and by the way Clay like will you go on this double date with her and let me know if he's a good guy or not and this is all after Lauren has just sat down her dad and been like stop meddling with my life and then this was his reaction so he when you said Lauren's dad had like picked up on it it was more her dating life not that her and Clay like each other correct okay so dad has picked up on the fact that Clay inadvertently sabotages her dating life and dad would love to forever keep his daughter you know his little princess whatever dad's misguided attempt to protect her so it comes down to Lauren agrees to go on a blind date with someone recommended by the family and the dad's like stoked about it because the recommendation came from like inside the family like from a sister-in-law or something but because he's not allowed to meddle he's like Clay go on a double date with Lauren so now Clay is on this double date with Lauren but somewhere in the middle of this Lauren and Clay start actually being honest with each other Like enough incidents have happened. Lauren's figured out enough stuff with her dad that Clay is like, Lauren, like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, this is messed up. This is what your dad wants me to do. Like, let's not do it. And she's like, no, like, let's do it. Like, I'm going to get something out of this. My dad's going to get off my back. Like, let's go on this double date together. So on this double date together, it's 
just like literally it's just a shit show it's a comedic shit show in the best way and the comedy was done very well so it's a shit show it's the end of the night and clay's pissed because he's like this is the date that like more than anything i would want to be on this date with lauren not with this girl who's like stalking me to the left so at the end of the night they go home together it's very innocent it's not like they go have sex or anything but they go home together they like hang out they just they decide that they want to be friends so they decide that they want to be friends they keep meeting secretly though and they can't let anyone in the family find out especially as they're like slowly nurturing their friendship and whatever it's turning into because they know that the family's going to freak out they know that they want like the space to figure it out with each other before they get anyone else involved so there's like an incident where they're like making cookies and all of a sudden Lauren has to like jump out the window because her brother shows up like just like all this shit happens that like maybe it wasn't handled the best but you know that's what makes a book a book there is an HEA it is an adventure to get to the HEA and I will not ruin it just in case you guys do read it but it was fun it was like a super fun read and to like have clay from the beginning or like almost from the get beginning be like I'm just going to start being honest with her and then to watch Lauren struggle with her own relationships and her own history and like kind of come to her own personal realization of what was up and how what she needed to do in her own life in order to accept clay into her life like it honestly it was just it was pretty it was beautiful it was a good story I really loved the comedy in it and there was the romance and then there was like the side friend who then we learn about in book two. So do you feel like it scratched your rom-com itch? It did. It did. And especially I like needed that so badly after I had read Crescent City and I had like ugly cried at 2 a.m. over it for like an hour. Oh my gosh. Side note. Side note on Crescent City, you guys, because it just destroyed me. I went to go hang out with my friend who I'm also reading Crescent City with. We were like reading it at the same time and we decided to recap the book together and we all of a sudden we were like what about that ending and like what about this one character and then we both look at each other and we immediately start crying this oh. is like a week later just <sighs> thinking about that scene in the book made us both start crying again oh my gosh should I read it yes summer yeah Would I, do you but do you think I'd like it Yes, I do. Because okay. it was darker for me. Yeah. And it was gruesome for me. And it was gory for me. And it had dark themes, but then it had some hot smut. I think you would really like it. Okay. Please read it. And then tell me when you start crying. And I'll cry <laughs> probably right next to you because apparently I'm still emotional over it. <laughs> oh my Have God. you started House of Breath and Air? The second book? Oh, no, not yet. We are currently reading Electric Idol together. Oh, and what are your thoughts on that? So far, so good. No one is ever going to be able to beat Hades. And that was a little rough for the beginning. Like, both my friend and I were like, oh, do we like it? Do we not like it? But all of a sudden, I like whipped through chapter like 15 to 23 in like an hour. And I was like, oh, okay, it's picking up. But like, I don't think anything's going to beat Hades. Does Eros remind you of? another curly-haired blonde person is this someone in our personal lives mm. oh you're thinking of jonas yeah <laughs> okay yes i already made this. Like, i already made the kind of our personal lives 
<laughs> I'm like, is this a human that we know or is this a book character that we know? That's what I was trying to remedy in my brain. Yes, I have seen Jonas similarities. But like no one's gonna ever beat Jonas. And I don't want to like compare to Jonas. I want Jonas to stay in his own like non-judged bubble. You know, like He's I don't ever want pure soul. I know. And this is not a pure soul. No. It's really not. I'm sure we'll talk about it in the future. Well, I mean, some already talked about it, but maybe it'll be one of my books coming up. Yeah. So that was the first book for my series getting away from Crescent City and Electric Idol. And then the second one is called Carpool Crush, Driven to Distraction. That title kills me. Driven to Distraction. The, the, like oh. always the second part always just kills me for whatever reason. Carpool. Uh, Carpool Crush. I was hearing Purple, Purple Crush. I mean, the I book's think, purple. I think I just wasn't paying attention very well. That's okay. I'll say it one more time. You ready? No, I, I've got it. The driven, <laughs> the driven to distraction really helps you out. I'm not going to give you guys the full summary of that one, but it was cute and it was nice to like, it almost, this book was actually essentially happening at the same time as the first one. Like there's oh. an overlap, which is fun. Yeah. I love the overlaps. So I enjoyed that. And then there's a third book that's going to come out that I do not remember the name of, but it's not out yet. And I was a little bummed. It's coming out though. That was one of the things I was disappointed about with the book I read was that it's her first book. So, mm -hmm. and it's not even published yet and it's a novella, but it's, it's like a long novella. But all that to say, she doesn't have a backlist that I can devour. Yeah backlists are nice when it comes down to it or like ugh, series I always just want to wait until the series are over like okay Crescent City mm -hmm. apparently the series isn't done yet Oops. we're still waiting for the third book if I remember correctly yeah I don't think the third book has come out yet but I thought it ended with House of Breath and Air but I also don't really know yeah so I've heard that there's three so I've read the first I'm gonna read the second like shortly and then I'm just going to be demolished until the third comes out. Like, I'm almost scared to read the second until the third comes out. Maybe you should wait because they're such big books and I'm assuming they're fairly complicated plot. Oh, they're that, monkey boys. Yeah, that if the third book isn't coming out for a while, you might want to read the second book closer to it. Yeah very possible I also am not 100% sure how much of like the plot overlines or like overlaps or if it follows different characters or if mm. it's relevant like I'm not 100% sure so I think that would also be a determining factor mm -hmm. any which way throne of throne of glass is that what it is crescent city no no, no. what's the other one by Sarah J Moss throne of throne of glass throne of glass but also Akatar. Okay, so Throne of Glass is also on my friend and I's TBR list. And there's like nine of those or something. I don't know. There's an aggressive amount of those. So we could also be reading those because isn't that a complete series? Not sure. Well, either so. way, if there's, if there's like so. six or nine books for me to go to, yeah, gives it time to be completed. Yeah. You know, usually I'm a very like, I don't want to read a book 
until the series is complete. And with Dukes of Madness and Dukes of Ruin, mm-hmm. the third book isn't coming out yet. And I read those books in one weekend and they were so good. And like, I'm still fawning over them. Val reads on Instagram, just put out some aesthetics that just threw me all the way back again and made me so emotional because I love the character so much. Anywho, remind myself to breathe. But I kind of like the fact that Yes, the second book ended in a huge cliffhanger, but because I know that there's going to be an HEA in the third book, it's not like that big of a cliffhanger. Does that make sense? I think it's also helpful that we distract ourselves with other books. Yeah. Like if we were only reading one book series and we are waiting each and every time for the newest book to come out, we would be distraught. We would be absolutely distraught. But I am glad that I can draw it out a little longer. There's so many things to factor in when you think about reading a series. And I feel like we only hit like five of the points. I'm curious, people listening, do you wait till a series is complete to read it? Or do you read uncomplete series? Let us know. And like, how much does it bother you to read an incomplete series? Message me on Instagram. I'm so curious. Duologies, I feel like I don't want to read when it's a duet. Two books. I don't want to read unless it's complete. Because I did that with Thieves and Thorns. And let me know how I felt about that cliffhanger. (laughs) But also I feel like the, when it's a duet, the plot stops like more abruptly between one and two. It does. It's almost like it's one giant book and then it just, we have to stop it at some point. Yeah. Oh, so many factors. So many factors. Really pondering it now. I'm just now in this very moment. Like, what if my mafia book should be a duet? Like, if I think I'm not going to be able to finish it before my deadline. Okay, that's an option. However, is it the option that you want? I'm going to shoot to do the full thing. But if it's, like, coming down to it and it's, like, not going to happen, maybe I could do it. Because I there's several plot points that would be a good, like a good break oh and then you'd be able to put more heart into what's currently being written and more time yeah which I know was like a stressor for you at one point too was like making sure that you were going to be able to put an adequate amount of love into what's currently being written yeah oh what a ponder what a po- yeah now I'm like Feeling a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking about a duet. Yeah. (laughs) But will people want to read an unfinished duet? Okay, when duets normally come out, do they come out one at a time or do they come out together? One at a time. Usually it's like fairly close release, which 
if I was going to do a duet, like I would probably be able to do a close release. Okay, that's another thing, listeners. DM me on Instagram, comment on the post. Do you like duets? Do you hate duets? Do you only read duets once it's complete? And... <laughs> really thought there was going to be a follow-through on that one what is your favorite moment or beat in a romantic comedy and what's your pet peeve that'll make you dnf mm, okay favorite moment i'm thinking of a specific book in particular is when girl and guy force proximity they're stuck somewhere and then something happens where the like the script has to flip and all of a sudden feelings come out and it's like genuine feelings but it's also like comedy like it's no longer a stressful situation it's like it's that moment where it's like oh we're actually friends or like oh this is actually Mm -hmm. good yeah but it's written so beautifully that it's like the clouds have partied and the sun comes down What, what book is this like literally early episode of the podcast like early early and it's the one where it's forced proximity and they have to like go on vacation together because the sister and like the sister's husband get like food poisoning oh yeah the unhoneymooners thank you for remembering every book name that's even on my shelf isn't it yeah because you got it for me no I didn't are you sure I'm like 98% sure it's on my shelf right now. It might be, but I didn't buy it for you. Well, I don't know why I'd buy it for me. (laughs) Okay, that is my favorite. My DNR is bad writing. DNR is do not resuscitate. (laughs) Okay, what, what is it? DNF. Okay, well, do not resuscitate me from reading this book because that's how bad it was no okay <laughs> my dnf is if i'm like three chapters in and i still cannot get into the flow of writing or if they just talk to each other and it's so incredibly awkward i'm not gonna waste my time mm-hmm. especially if i know that i'm just gonna hate how it is for the rest of the book and that's like literally nothing against the writing style i can't even pinpoint what it is i just know that it's not something that i vibe with I think for me, I totally get that, but I would label the thing that you're not vibing with is when jokes are, it feels like a, like a 45 year old is trying to make a joke that 20 something year olds would think is funny. Yes. And it's like, it's so cringe. Like the book that I was thinking of that I was like hated I remember I had a paperback of it and I was annotating it. And most of my annotations were just like gag. Okay. You sent like, those to me. Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> I was so upset because I was really excited about it. And it was a really pretty cover because it was like a special edition from a book box. But it just was, ooh, it was rough. And I think also if the, if the authors didn't like, hype so much how funny it was and how like crazy the sex was they like 
honestly they like started having sex a lot and then like kind of like finished it off the scenes or like they recapped and said like oh in the last three days we've had sex here here and here but they didn't show so I felt like I was misled with romantic comedies the the smut is always at a different level and you just have to accept that going in rarely is there a romantic comedy like a full-blown romantic comedy that has smut that's going to make our panties wet tates that's why i use the word rarely and i have (laughs) experienced a couple of rom-coms that do it but generally speaking it's much more like it's a little bit dirtier than hallmark but like not by a ton fade i'd call it it's more fade to black yeah and that's just you just gotta know that okay so that's your dnf okay that's your dnf what is your sunshine clouds parting moment you know surprisingly it's not like the end where you get like the hea and they realize like they're meant to be because usually there's some annoying like miscommunication trope right before that and you're just angry because you're like why do we even go through that like you could have had this hea way earlier but i think maybe it's like that moment when they go from being like joking to like sexy those best fucking moments yeah and you're just like oh it's happening it's happening everybody stay calm okay and the science and the biology around humor to sex have you read into that before no okay so there's a ton of science behind why when you're like laughing it you can transition into being horny so quickly and there's there's like a ton of science about it and also about how good relationships are when that happens like I can't tell you how many times Mr. EMT and I are like laughing about something or like he's tickling me or like whatever's happening he's just like ribbing me and then all of a sudden like it's like the lights dim and then we're just making out like I don't know how the fuck that works but it's great and there's science behind it I feel that I feel that it's maybe the endorphins. It's probably like similar endorphins. Oh, that's a good point. It could be the endorphins. Okay, Summer, I have one last question for you. Okay, ready. If you were going to write a rom-com, I know, I see your face, but if you were going to write a rom-com, what is two tropes that you would absolutely not write? Ooh. See, I made it better for you because I saw your face. <laughs> I think also another reason why I wouldn't write a rom-com is because I would be so worried that it wouldn't, that it would be cringe funny Mm. and that people would read it and think what I think of some (laughs) rom-coms when you're like, this isn't funny. Like, what was the author thinking? Like, I would be terrified that that happens because nothing's worse than like somebody not thinking you're funny. Yeah. Saying a joke that you think is hysterical and then no one laughs. Yeah, like I'd rather they think I'm a bad writer, that I like don't do good spice, that the character development sucked. Like, I'd be fine with all of that. Like, I can take that. But if they don't think I'm funny, oof, I can't take that. Damn. Okay. Okay, anywho, so two tropes I absolutely wouldn't do. I think fake dating. We know this, except for stolen secrets, but that was a different situation. And contemporary fake dating. I actually, on the podcast Romance at a Glance, 
they were interviewing Melanie Harlow. And she talked about this, that like, she really likes the marriage of convenience trope and the fake dating trope, but she writes contemporary. And those are like such hard tropes to pull off well, because in this day and age, like, it's very hard to find a reason why a woman would need a man like that and to have it believable. Mm -hmm. So fake dating, second one, maybe like childhood friends to lovers or friends to lovers. Like if we're not going to have the conflict of like darker elements, I would want conflict in their relationship in terms of like tension or you know banter and stuff like that I do still feel like you could find that in a childhood friends to lovers but I see what you're saying I see what you would be trying to avoid is almost yeah. like the too sugary sweet option exactly yeah because you're not you're not a sugary sweet writer no you're that nitty-gritty smutty wuddy <laughs> ducky I don't know it's just trying to rhyme <laughs> speaking of nitty gritty I don't know if I told you this but somebody reviewed stolen secrets and we know that stolen secrets if you've read it there's like there's parts that you know tug on your heartstrings in a sad way not in like a oh that was so sweet way so just skip, just end this episode now if you don't want stolen secret spoilers. But if you have read it, there's a point where you think the main male character dies. Obviously he doesn't. It's at like 80% of the book. What's the other 20% going to be? Like his funeral? Yeah. <laughs> but somebody reviewed it saying they DNF'd because spoiler, the main like the hero dies for a stupid reason and she doesn't even say I love you to him and I'm like oh like keep reading I okay. promise I'm gonna do that to you that is so rough how would you even whether you have a paperback or a kindle it's not like on kindle you can turn off what percentage you're at there's no way for you to know that you've reached the end until you see the end or until it's so obvious she just dropped the book, this person. Yeah. I'm shocked. Which, I mean, I'm not entitled to anybody's readership. And like, I'm not entitled to anyone's good reviews, anything like that. I'm just like, one, it's a romance. Like, it's advertised as that. And I would hope that she knows that that's going to be an HEA. But maybe she doesn't. And that's why she was so upset. Or maybe she was expecting an HEA and then that happened but I feel like it must have hit her really really hard yeah for her to put down the book at that point well I know and now I'm like people are gonna read that review and think like that the character dies and that they shouldn't read it but I'm like it does it does have an EGA but obviously like as an author I'm not gonna comment on her review or say anything not my space. What does this have to do with rom-coms? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was asking about what rom-coms you would write. I was and like, which ones you wouldn't write. 
We went to fake dating. I don't really remember how we got here. Uh, me either. Should we close? Yeah. <laughs> I think we both need food. Yeah. Like if I in California, you guys need to eat food right now. And Summer in Georgia has not eaten lunch yet. Hey, I had cookies. Once again, we're not counting the cookies. <laughs> because sugar goes through your system like that, you know? There's no protein sticking around actually keeping you nutrient. Nutri- nutri- nutrified. Nutriented. Please cut me off now. Please. Okay. To wrap up, we read rom-coms. We liked them. And... Summer liked them. I, I, I did. <laughs> did we toodles? Yeah, let's toodles. All right. See you next episode. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.